Lifeline. My name is Rachel, and I am so excited to open up God's Word with you tonight. Um, before we do, I have a couple questions for you, and they're regarding stories. So right now in this moment, think of some of your favorite stories. Maybe they're from a movie, maybe they're from a book, but think about um, some of the, the heroes and the villains, some of the protagonists and antagonists of these stories. My first question for you is, have you ever sympathized with a villain? Have you ever um, felt bad for a villain? Um, Maybe it was when you heard their complex backstory, um, heard about more details of their life that just made you feel bad for them. Uh, The first person that comes to mind for me is Darth Vader from the Star Wars series. Um, When you watch each episode of Star Wars, um, it peels back another layer of his complex backstory. Like um, when he was a kid, he had all this pressure to be the best Jedi to um, save the whole galaxy. Um, you look at his complex family situation, um, the the bitterness he felt towards people. Um, then eventually, like he loses his arms and his legs. Like, sorry, but I just can't help but feel bad for the guy. <laughs> so, have you ever sympathized with a villain? My second question for you is: Have you ever learned about a detail of a hero that just put you in shock? Maybe it was um, a dirty secret about the main character that just made their character kind of cringy. And you were like, what is going on here with you? Um, The person that comes to mind for me is Mr. Incredible from the movie The Incredibles. And I don't know about you, but the more I watch this movie... (laughs) the less I like his character. (laughs) And, um, you know, we find out that uh, Mr. Incredible, he does like this illegal superheroing. He um, has anger issues. He keeps secrets from his family. And he's not this squeaky clean superhero. He's not like as invincible as he wants to be. And so um, we look at these characters and I don't know about you, but I actually appreciate both of them a lot. They're, they're not simply good or evil. I'm glad that the producers made them with flaws and backstories because when I look at my own life, I have flaws and I have a backstory that has shaped me to be the person that I am today. And so when we look at these characters, they're just a little bit more relatable. They're a little bit more human. And so tonight we are starting a new series called Heroes and Villains. And for the next couple weeks, we are going to be taking a look at a few people from the Bible. And we're going to take a closer look at their stories, at their history, their backstories. And we're going to see that these people, that you might have categorized some of these people as hero or villain, but we're going to find out that they're not simply good or evil, but they're a mixed bag just like you and me. So without further ado, we are going to get started with our first person. And um, this guy is named Aaron. Now, Aaron's story can be found uh, early on in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus. And if you know anything about Exodus, um, you might be thinking, oh yeah, Moses, um, plagues, Egypt, these things might come to mind. But in case you don't know what's happening right now in the story, I just want to give you a brief context of where we are in the whole story of the Bible. So um, in the beginning, in the first book of the Bible, in Genesis, God calls this guy, 
uh, named Abraham. And he has a conversation with him and he makes a promise and says, I am going to make your family huge, like thousands of people huge. I'm going to make you a great nation and I'm going to have a relationship with you and I'm going to give you a land to live in. And so we find God keeps his promise and he makes Abraham's family enormous. And so over time, um, through a long series of events, Abraham and his family, eventually they would be called Israel. Israel finds themselves in the neighboring country, Egypt. And um, they're in Egypt and, you know, like families, they make more families and they're getting to be pretty big. And so the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, he sees all of this happening and he says, okay, you guys you know, stop growing as a nation. I don't want you to take over my people. So he does something kind of crazy here. He puts Israel under, um, under the Egyptians. He puts them into slavery, which is a terrible thing, but this is what happens. And they were actually enslaved for 400 years a long time. And so this entire time, Israel was crying out to God and they were saying, God, what is happening? Where are you in all of this? Please um, take us out of slavery. Um, Come through for us. This is what they were saying to God. And God heard their prayer. And this is when he called Aaron and Moses. And you might have heard um, this name Moses, but he called uh, Moses and Aaron to be um, these spiritual leaders to lead the people out of Egypt. And so through all of this, Aaron sees God do powerful things. In fact, God uses Aaron to do a lot of powerful things. Um, Like he does miracles through Aaron. Aaron watches God um, provide um, signs to the Pharaoh. And these are some of these plagues um, as a sign to say, um, I am the true God. These other nations, they uh, like Egypt and other places, they worshiped a lot of different types of gods, like the sun God or the rain God or the fertility God, like all these different types of gods. But the purpose of Israel was to be a light to the surrounding nations. And even through all of the miracles that God did, that Aaron saw He was showing himself not only to Israel, but to Egypt and the other nations around. So Aaron sees God do all of these things. And eventually um, God delivers them. He delivers them from slavery to freedom. And so this is where we find ourselves tonight. Israel, they, they pack their bags, they got their backpack, they got their sack lunch, they are out of Egypt and they are walking, um, walking away. They're looking for the land that God has promised them. And they find themselves at this mountain and this mountain It's very important. It's called Mount Sinai. And um, Moses goes up this mountain and has a conversation with God. And in this conversation, God gives Moses a few instructions. And you might have heard this before, the Ten Commandments. Now, these instructions were um, some instructions of how to be God's distinguished people, how to be a light to the rest of the world to share about who God is. So Moses goes down the mountain. He gives Israel the Ten Commandments. He shares with them these instructions. And one of these instructions is very important for our story tonight. And that instruction is that you shall have no other gods, little g gods, no other gods before me. And, you know, I think this is a pretty decent request, right? Like God literally just 
saved the nation of Israel. He uh, moved them from slavery to freedom. And so God says, I just want to have a relationship with you. And so this is God's heart behind it. So they hear the Ten Commandments um, from Moses, and then Moses takes a second trip up the mountain. And um, this second trip up the mountain, he was going to get more detailed instructions from God about how Israel was to be a distinguished people. But this trip was a lot longer. And so this is where we find ourselves in the book of Exodus tonight. We are in chapter 32. So if you want to turn to Exodus chapter 32 with me, this is where we're at. Um, Aaron and the people, they're downstairs and Moses and God, they're upstairs on this mountain. And so um, this is where we find ourselves tonight. So uh, chapter 32, verse one, it says, uh, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods, little g gods, who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Okay, so quick pause. Didn't God just say, you shall have no other gods before me? They just heard um, these Ten Commandments. They just heard these instructions from God. Why are they trying to go make these other gods now? It's almost like this instruction went in one ear and out the other. So they they go up to Aaron and say this. Um, So how does Aaron respond? Verse two, Aaron answered them, take off the gold earrings that your wives and your sons and daughters um, have and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, little g gods, who go before you, um, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people brought um, burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Okay, what is going on here? The people, they're coming to Aaron um, because they see Aaron as this spiritual leader. And so um, they're coming to him in their fears and they're saying, okay, uh, we're waiting for Moses. We are looking for this next step from God. Maybe we should take this route. But Aaron had a choice to make here. He could have chose to lead the people towards God. He could have said no to their request. But instead, he um, leads the people in this different direction away from God. You know, when I was a kid and I heard about this story, I always thought to myself like, okay, the people, they're getting bored. They're getting tired. Um, they're waiting for Moses. He's up on this mountain. They just wanted to have a party. They just wanted to have a good time. So they're eating, they're drinking. They're just having a good time, right? But that's not what is going on here. What's really going on here is that the people were afraid. The people were afraid that the God who brought them out of Egypt was not going to come through for them. 
They did not think that he was going to show up for them, so they wanted to take matters into their own hands and to make this idol, this physical representation of this God. So they they worshiped to it, they sacrificed to it, they did these things because they thought that doing this would change their situation. So they wanted to take control of the situation. and But this is not what God asked them to do. But we see Aaron as this leader, he goes along with it. Um, so in the next verse, we find uh, that Moses finds out about this situation. He finds out what's happening downstairs. Verse seven, then the Lord said to Moses, go down because the people who you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have become quick to turn away from what I commanded them and made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. So Moses finds out about this and he's pretty shocked. He's pretty upset and for good reason, God is upset. And so Moses, he goes down the mountain. And so we're gonna skip down to verse 21. In verse 21, he confronts Aaron. So he goes up to him and he says this, why or uh, what did these people do to you that you led them in such great sin? Then verse 22, do not be angry, my Lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, we don't know what's happened to him. So I told them, Whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. Um, then they gave me the gold and I threw it in the fire and out came this calf. Like really, Aaron, out came this calf? <laughs> like I'm trying to imagine this right now. I'm taking off my jewelry, I'm throwing it in my oven and out comes this calf? Like, no, there's more involved. There's more involvement than that. What Aaron did right here was he, instead of taking the responsibility for his actions, he blamed it on the people. Now, this whole situation, I think it's kind of hard to understand sometimes when we read stories like this in the Bible and we might think like, oh, you know, that's that's not a big deal, right? Like that's small potatoes, it doesn't matter that much. But this was a big deal. This was a big deal. Aaron was leading thousands of people. And we find out um, some of the repercussions of this in the next verse. Verse 25 says, Moses saw that the people were running wild and Aaron let them get out of control. And so they became a laughingstock to their enemies. So Israel, they were supposed to be this people leading other nations to God. But now they were the laughingstock of the surrounding nations. Other nations saw what Israel was doing and clearly it was not what God called them to do. And so this was a big deal. Now, this entire chapter in chapter 32, there's a lot that goes on here. There's so many details and we just looked at a piece of this story. But I encourage you, go back and read this entire story. We find that Moses, he uh, pleads uh, for Israel and, and asks God to be merciful to them. Like, God, please don't destroy Israel, even though they deserve it. Have mercy on them. And God gives them a second chance, but there's consequences to their actions and it doesn't end pretty. But tonight we are just thinking, we're just talking about Aaron. We're just looking at Aaron's story in this moment. So what do we know about Aaron 
right now. Aaron was supposed to be this spiritual leader of Israel. The people went to him with their fears, with their concerns for guidance. But what Aaron chose to do, he chose convenience over patience with God. It was convenient to make this idol and to, um, to fall to the people's wishes, but and it's a lot harder to wait on God. So he chose convenience over patience. He chose to be tolerant to the people, even though he knew what he was doing was wrong. I wonder if this was going through Aaron's mind in this moment. I'm supposed to be this spiritual leader of this community, but instead, or I'm turning out to be a villain of God. I'm supposed to be this hero, but I'm doing exactly what God doesn't want me to do. He probably felt like a failure in this moment. I don't know, have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever felt like a failure? Like, I can't seem to get it right. I do exactly what I'm not supposed to do. Maybe you've uh, been in this situation. I, I just want to be liked by my friends. So just this one time, I'm going to compromise my character just this once so that they'll, they'll like me. Even though you knew what you were doing was wrong. Have you ever felt like that? I wonder if this is what Aaron was feeling in this moment. And where was God? Where was God in Aaron's failure? Where was God in this situation? How was God going to handle this one. Now, what's crazy about this whole story is the next chapter of Aaron's life. You see, while Aaron was downstairs with Israel, probably in the weakest and darkest moment of his entire life, Moses and God were upstairs on this mountain talking about Aaron's future. They were talking about Aaron's future position, how God was going to transform Aaron and his leadership in leading the people. You see, in just a few chapters, in chapter 39, we find out what God's plan is for Aaron, that God was going to make Aaron a high priest of Israel, that in his position, he would have the chance to lead Israel spiritually on a regular basis to point them back to God. And it wouldn't just be for this generation, but for generations to come. Aaron was going to be used by God for God's greater story. What amazes me is God was going to use Aaron despite his failures, despite his flaws, his inadequacies, even despite his own lack of trust in God. He was going to use Aaron for a greater purpose, for a greater story. Now, in this moment, I think there's a lot of things that we can learn about Aaron and his character. You know, we can learn about what not to do. We can learn about what to choose when we're under pressure. But right now, I want to suggest something to you, that this entire story is not actually about Aaron. Aaron is not the main character in this story. Moses is not even the main character in this story, but God is the main character in this story. You see, the entire story of the Bible is about how God, out of his love and out of his mercy and out of his grace, chooses to use ordinary people like you and me, like Aaron, 
to display his character and to fulfill his greater purposes. And this is the same thing in our lives. God chooses to use us despite our failures, despite our inadequacies, despite um, even our lack of trust in God. And he uses us for his greater purposes because he is the main character in our lives. He uses all of these things. He doesn't waste our backstories. He doesn't waste the things that we have gone through, uh, but he uses it for our good and for his glory because the greater picture is all about God. You see, we are a piece of God's story. We're a piece of his story. And you know, this encourages me so much because when I think about my life, I have flaws. I'm standing before you right now and I am not a perfect person. I have messed up so many times. I've made mistakes, big mistakes. I've made my own idols. They might not have looked like a golden calf, but they were a person, they were a situation, they were, it was a lifestyle that I chose over God. And so when I look at my life, sometimes I feel unworthy and I think there's no way God could transform me and use me. But this is the amazing thing that God chooses to use us no matter what we've gone through, no matter our flaws and our failures. And he chooses to use us as a part of his story because he loves us. And this is such good news um, that we are a part of his story. Now, you might be sitting here tonight and you might be thinking to yourself, wait a second, there's no way. There is no way God could use me. I have made too many mistakes. I have too many flaws. I have too much baggage. Um, Because of A, B, or C, there's no way God could use me. But I want to share something with you and encourage you in this. The good news of the gospel is that this is exactly why Jesus came to this earth. He came to this earth. He lived a perfect life and his mission was to go to the cross. His mission was to die on a cross, to take up our shame, to take up our baggage, to take up all of those flaws and failures. He nailed it to the cross. And in that, he had a victory over death. He had victory over all of those things. And he offers us new life and to be a part of his story. This is good news. I want to share with you that Jesus has forgiven you 100% of all of those things. Sometimes we see our backstory as a barrier to be used by God, but God doesn't see it like that. He doesn't see um, these things as big of a barrier as we do. Instead, he says, I'm going to transform you despite all of those things because I love you. So if this is you tonight, I want to invite you right now to surrender those things over to Jesus, to surrender this. Maybe this is what you um, say to God later tonight. Lord, I surrender over to you my baggage, my shame, all of my inadequacies. I give this over to you. I'm done with it. You can have it all. And I'm ready to have a new life with you. Maybe this is your conversation with God tonight. And if this is you, I'm excited for you because God will take you to places you never thought that you would go. God is working in your life and he's not wasting any of the things that you've gone through, but he's using it for a greater purpose as a part of his story. He's not going to waste any of the things that you've gone through and he 
does actually have a good plan for your life, even when we don't know what that is. Aaron didn't know what it was. He was in a dark place, but God brought him out of that place and changed his entire life. No matter where you're at tonight, whether you're thinking about your purpose in life, whether you're thinking about your backstory, I wanna invite you to pray a simple prayer that I pray every single day. And it's just three words and it is, God, use me. Just use me. You can pray this whether or not you're thinking about your purpose, whether or not you're thinking about what the next step is in your life. You can pray this when you're thinking about your story and how God can use you as a part of his story. But um, as we're closing our time together tonight, I would love for all of us to pray this prayer um, together as a Lifeline family. So let's pray right now. God, thank you for using us despite our flaws, despite our backstory. Thank you for using us as a piece of your greater story. Thank you for giving us purpose in you. Um, I pray that as a Lifeline family, that you would use us despite everything that's happening in our life, even when we don't know the next step for tomorrow. I pray that you would simply use us. We just pray this in your name. Amen.